Amen. Amen. It's going to be hard to let that thing go. We might have to work it in somehow in 2020, but that was our 2019 theme video. How many here, was that your first time seeing that video? Okay, okay. So most of you guys have seen it before. That's good. That means we're doing a good job. They say you're supposed to repeat your theme every 28 days. So good. good job. Hey, did you know that we made that video? I don't want to brag, but we made every piece and part of that video in-house. It's a lot of gasoline, a lot of fire, but it was awesome being dangerous, running through the woods with fire everywhere. So I don't regret it a single bit. It was fun. All right, so good morning. Thanks for coming this morning. What we're doing today is recapping our 2019 theme. How many were here at the beginning of the year, and you already know about multiply, you know what it means, you know what we're going after? Any hands? Good. Now, how many, this is your first time hearing our theme, this is your first time understanding what we're talking about. Maybe you weren't here in January. Raise your hands. That's good. It's about the same amount. That's awesome. Well, what we're doing is each year we try to create a vision, we try to create a theme, and we try to wrap our sermon series, and we try to wrap um, all the community things we do, we try to wrap it into that theme. And so 2019, it's been Multiply. And I want to give a quick shout out to all those people who've taken that quite literally (laughs) this year. Already, we've had babies everywhere. The Reese's have been a part of that. Multiplying business. Um, the Bryants have been a part. The Hernandezes have multiplied. We've got um, the Montgomerys are in the there. They've multiplied. It's it's on the way. It's cooking still. But um, y'all throw out some more names. I know there's babies I'm missing. The Fouchés multiplied. The Cumberlanders multiplied. The Jansons multiplied. That was a big multiplication. The, Pol- the Parsons are multiplying as we speak. The, the Salmons multiplied. So pretty much nobody's, if, if you're left out of that equation, get busy. Because this church is multiplying in one way or another. Okay, that's enough of that. I want to I give you just a little bit of vision. I want to I begin this morning the way we began in 2019. I want to give you a little bit of imagery. I want to give you a little bit of creative vision around this word multiply, and it'll help you set the course as we navigate through the parable that we referenced in the video when we talk about the little boy and his lunch in John chapter 6. But think about this word multiply. It's just an X, a tiny symbol, but it's a spark that catches wind. It's an offering that doesn't mean much to the taker, but everything to the giver multiply. It's a doubling. It's exponentially always twice as much as before. Unstoppable, irrational, extravagant in effect, yet so humble in isolation. Multiply. It's found in the energy and friction. It's the drop of fuel that erupts in explosion. It's chaotic, untamable, uncontrollable. It's dangerous in a group, yet useless on its own. Multiply. It's a coming together to be sent out. It's dispersion. It's a release. It's freedom. 
Multiply is atomic. It's bumping and dividing and bumping and dividing. It's the grains of sand. It's the breath of the ocean. It's the stars in the sky. It's the galaxies. It's infinite in reach and never looking backward. No fear, only forward. Multiply is an equation. It's infinite. It's science and art. It's spiritual and practical. It's a dream and reality. It's organic and celestial. It's raw and delicate all at the same time. Multiply is rebirth. Multiply is new life. It's a first breath. It's a new start. Multiply is a growth model. Multiply is the local church. And multiply is our word for 2019. Give God a shout of praise. That's so good. It's our X factor for 2019. So we began in Acts chapter 9. You're in John chapter 6, so we'll read Acts chapter 9 up here. This was our theme verse for 2019. You heard it in the video. We're going to read it together out loud this morning. So even if you don't have it in your Bibles, look up at the screen and read it out loud with me. Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Let's pray. Jesus, Would you just hide me behind your cross and help me to do my best job encapsulating this theme for us this morning? Help us to reignite those flames. Help us to re-spark those fires of multiply. Help us to remember how we started, God. Help us to return here in the last week of November. Help us to return to the excitement and the passion we had at the beginning of the year for what you could do with our little. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In 2019, we asked this question to start it all off. We asked the question, what did you expect? From our theme in 2018 was gather together. 2018 was all about preserving that family culture that we felt so tied to. We We didn't want to lose our DNA. In the midst of our growth, in the midst of our multiplying, in the midst of moving to two services and and everything else that contained, we didn't want to lose our DNA. So 2018 was all about gather together. Let's preserve the family atmosphere, the, the unity, the closeness. And then at the end of 2018, the leadership team said, you know what? Let's look back to the early church. What happened when they gathered? What happened in these upper rooms? When they got together, the apostles did and they prayed and they they prayed down the Holy Spirit and the fire fell and the passion was there. They multiplied. It's all over the book of Acts, chapter after chapter after chapter. The word multiply is found in reference to the early church being persecuted being dispersed, but never losing, never losing their DNA, never losing the truth of the the message they had to proclaim. So if we in 2018 gathered together, if we in 2019 gathered together, what did we expect other than a dispersion? What did we expect other than multiplication? It's a natural result that flowed out of our theme. In 2019, we were asking God to take our little and make it much. We were asking Him to be significant in our insignificance. We were asking God to outnumber the odds. We were asking God to be the super to our natural. Amen? 
We were asking him to multiply. So a great miracle to reference this truth is in John chapter 6. Let's stand and read it together, just 1 through 11. You can turn to John 6 in your Bibles, or you can read it up here with me on the screen. Let's read about this parable. It's very well known, so I hope that you remember it, pieces of it, maybe from Sunday school. Maybe you've tried to perform this miracle with your dino nuggets at home. I don't know. But we've got it here preserved for us in Holy Scripture, one of Jesus' most well-known miracles. In verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they, they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. They were just here for the show. They wanted the miracles. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Verse 4 says, Now the Passover... The feast of the Jews was at hand, lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do, verse 7. Now Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each one of them to get a little One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Verse 10, Jesus said, Have the people sit down. He's about to work. Now there was so much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, which he had given thanks, and distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. You may be seated. We find Jesus' most well-known multiplication miracle in John chapter 6. He's the ultimate multiplier. He's the one who can do it. And we've come here to learn from him, to worship him. And so Jesus asks his disciples, they've just seen a miracle. They move across the sea to a different location. Huge crowds are following them. They just want to show. They want the lights and, and, and they want the lights and the band and, and all the miracles. They want the signs and the wonders. They want to see people healed. They want news to talk about. They want to, they just want to see the magic. Jesus knows this. But he purposefully gears this miracle as a test for his disciples. So I don't want you to miss the fact that when Jesus, when Jesus looks out on the crowd and, and desires to feed them, he turns back to his own disciples, his 12 guys, his 12 loyal compadres, and he says, guys, what are we going to do? There's a lot of people following us. They're hungry. He knows what we want the most, right? So he's like, let's feed them. They'll be so much happier if we just feed them. Let's get that out of the way. Then maybe I can preach some truth, right? Always, we should, we, maybe we should re-gear our Sundays. Dinner, lunch first, and then preaching. Maybe you guys would receive it. I don't know. Baptist-style buffet sounds pretty good right now. So he says, we got to feed them. Philip, what do we got? So logical Philip comes forward. He's the, he's, the, he, he's the one who controls the money. He gives the budget report to Jesus. He says, Jesus, we've got 200 denarii. It's not going to be enough. Even if, I, even if I save shop at Costco and I get Hot Pockets on sale, it's just not going to be enough for everybody, even just to get a little, even just to get a little taste. It's not going to be enough. Logical Philip, it doesn't add up. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is, What Did You Expect? 
And the first point that you want to write down is, logical Philip, colon, it doesn't add up. Logical Philip, it doesn't add up. The money, even, even, even with the, the number of people you got to feed, Jesus, even though you're, you're, you're a really cool guy and, and, a, and a miracle worker, it's just not, not going to add up. But notice somebody else pipes up. This happened to be Simon and Peter's brother, so maybe there's a little character trait that flows through that family. Everybody knows Peter, right, as the one who opens his mouth with every chance and usually inserts foot. Well, his brother is not that much different. Andrew pipes up and he's like, there's a boy here who's got a Lunchable. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. Now, if you were the other 11 disciples, think about how stupid that comment is for a minute. Philip just got done saying they had 200 denarii. Do you know how many Lunchables that could buy? 200 denarii could buy... Lunchables times 10 times 20 times 30. So why would Andrew even say something this trivial? Bro, we've got, we've got money to buy a couple of Lunchables. Andrew, we're trying to feed 5,000 people here. Why are you talking about a little boy who has a Lunchable? And what I came to tell you this morning is that Andrew was one step ahead of logical Philip. Impulsive Andrew was one step ahead of logical Philip. How do we know that? It's because of the question he asks in verse 10. The question that Andrew asked Jesus in verse 10 is the question that every person here needs to ask themselves about what you have. And the question is this, Andrew, in verse 10, says, just kidding, it's verse 9, I apologize. Verse 9 Notice the end of the verse. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Write that down. What are they for so many? I just have the hint. I have an idea that Andrew knew what kind of God he was following. And he says to Jesus, almost in a pushy manner, almost in like, I don't, know, I don't know exactly the right term for it. Passive-aggressive isn't right. But almost in this, in this sense like, I'm going to test you back, Jesus, because this was all test for them. Jesus already knew what he would do, and Andrew's testing Jesus back. He says, what are they among so many? Like, maybe I know a guy who can do something with just a little bit. What are they among so many, Jesus? You know what he was doing, impulsive Andrew? He had just a little bit of faith, Bree, just a little bit of faith, but that's what sparked Jesus into multiply miracle motion. That's what sparked Jesus into action. The very next verse says, Jesus said, hold me back, disciples. You better have those people sit down. I'm about to perform a miracle with these five barley loaves and two fish. You thought a Lunchable couldn't feed a little boy? Watch it feed 5,000 plus because 5,000 was just the men. So we gotta get, we got to get the wives and the kids too. So it's probably 15,000 or more. A little Lunchable, just a Hot Pocket. It's crazy. The question we have to 
ask is, can you take what I have and make it enough? What could you do with what I have? What could you do? Write that down if you're taking notes this morning. What could you do with what I have? In 2019, the situation is no different. It was no different in January of 2019 when we knew God was calling us to move. He was calling us to multiply, right, Lloyd? We were walking into two services. We knew we would be outnumbered. We knew we didn't have the people or the resources or the finances, but we said, God, you can have our hot pocket. We believe what you could do with the little that we have will be enough. And in fact, there'll be 12 baskets full of leftovers afterward. You know the story. They collected leftovers. The leftovers were more than the initial Lunchable that the little boy had. What could you do with what I have? Have you asked Jesus that recently? Have you had a moment in your quiet time where you've asked the question, God, what could you do with what I have? It doesn't make sense, God. There's so many bigger churches in Irmo that you could choose to move through. God, it doesn't make sense. I'm not the most talented guy that could be on stage. It doesn't make sense. God, I'm not the one with the financial freedom to be able to do this or that for your kingdom. God, it doesn't make sense. God, I'm not, I'm not the most gifted. God, I don't really have as much time as Somebody else may have to serve your church. It doesn't make sense, but that's not the question. The question that Andrew asked was, what could you do with what I have? He didn't compare. He didn't look to his left and to his right and say, well, Peter, he's he's the more well-known speaker. Well, Philip, he's got the finances. Well, John, he's the one you love the most. He said, what could you do with what I have? And if you've ever felt that way like me, if you, if you don't feel the most talented, the most gifted, the most capable, not the richest, not the brightest, not the smartest, not the best looking, God is saying, if you would just display a little bit of faith, I could break out into full multiplication, miracle motion in your life. But you got to stop being logical Philip. You got to move past logical Philip into impulsive Andrew. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. We are so thankful the local church needs logical Phillips, okay? Philip wasn't wrong. Philip wasn't wrong for adding up the cost and saying, Jesus, we don't have enough. In fact, Jesus was trying to get the disciples to see the impossibility of the situation. He needed logical Philip there. But he's asking this morning, is there somebody out there that's got the spirit, the attitude of an impulsive Andrew? Is there anybody out there who's got just that little spark of faith to say, Jesus, all I have is a hot pocket, but you can have it, and you can feed 5,000. All I have is 15 bucks, but you can take that 15 and turn it into 15,000. All I've got, God, is 20 minutes. Maybe I can run up to the church and clean the bathrooms. He can turn that into an eternal change for somebody who walks through these doors and gets saved. You don't... In other words, it doesn't matter what you have. It matters whose hand you put it in. Amen? It matters whose hand you put it in. So don't worry about the others. Don't worry about the church down the street or the rich neighbors that you have to your left or to your right or the fact that you're not the most gifted or talented because Jesus says, I can do more with a hot pocket 
then you can. As long as we have the hot pocket in our hands, it remains a hot pocket. But the moment we give our little to God, He can turn it into a five-course gourmet meal with leftovers to boot. So what are you doing? What are you doing with your talents? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your resources? What are you doing with your giftings? What are you doing with your spiritual gifts? God says, if you'll just let me have it, I can multiply it beyond your belief. I can multiply it beyond your imagination. What are you doing? Why are you holding on so tightly? If you would just honor me first in your finances and commit to tithing, I could bless you. I could, I could change this world with 15 bucks but I'm not going to force myself in. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Revelation 22 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's just going to knock. He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to bust in and rip your house in half to get what he wants. He owns everything. He doesn't need us at all, but he wants us, and he wants us to trust him with our little. He wants to be the much to our little. He wants to be the significant to our insignificance. He wants to be the outnumber to our odds. He wants to be the super to our natural. Is anybody in this house today? Give God a shout of praise for the fact that he is multiplying before our eyes. And we preached this in January. We hadn't even done the two services. We hadn't even done the parking lot. We didn't even know if it was really possible. We were scared little chickens. But can I just give you some proof from the perspective of Philip? The perspective of Philip this morning, we said, God, and back in January, this is, this is how we were talking. This is how we were feeling in real time. God, uh, do you know we only have 20 parking spaces, right? You're asking us to move to two services with 20 parking spaces out there. It just doesn't check out. The math doesn't check out. God, I hate to break it to you, but we only have one Sprouts room and we don't even have enough volunteers as it is. God, we're physically gonna wear out our volunteers if we have them here from seven until one. God, if you know if we split the congregation, we may not even fill up this middle section right here. God, people are not gonna like not being able to rub shoulders with everybody like they used to with one service. God, I don't think you've added up how much it's going to cost. God, you can't use me anyway. I struggle with sin that I'm so ashamed of. God, my anxiety and my depression, they don't make it feasible for me to sign up or commit in any service area. God, my medication I'm on won't allow me to get up on time when I need to be here to serve. God, what will my kids do? Who's going to watch them if I show up and serve both services? God, we've got to add up the cost. God, you're not adding it up. It doesn't make sense. It's an impossible situation. And I came to tell somebody this morning that you have been adding when God's flipping that thing on its side and he's multiplying, baby. You're working the wrong equation. God's not, God's not on our level. God's up there in the X bonus. He's done flip time on its side and we busted through the middle. We're in a different dimension, hello? The spiritual dimension, when we give God our hot pocket, the beautiful thing that happens is he takes it beyond logical control. He takes it beyond reason. You tell me how God had us positioned in the end of 2018 to move into this multiplication theme, to move into two services, all the while he was at the same time moving way over here in 20 plus families, 
to get them to move from one church and take their next step and move to decide it. All at the same. So God, just like the verse says in in John chapter 6, verse 6, he said this to test him, for he already knew what he would do. He was already working the details out. You tell me, I want to talk to you transplants here for a minute, the transplanters, the people who came here from some other church, maybe down the road, maybe not. Do you find it ironic or do you find it God that he was preparing us for you and he was preparing you for us at the same time? That is only the credit and the glory to God. I can't do that. (laughs) Will's talented, but he can't do that. There's no way that this leadership team could have foreseen the multiplying miracle that God has already done in this church. Can I take a little bit of time to prove it to you? Just a little bit of time. That's all I need. Philip wasn't wrong. Here's why. Humanly speaking, we needed to add in a lot of areas. We needed to add volunteers, add time, add stress, add people, add finances, add parking, add supplies, add exhaustion. Instead, we chose to offer up our hot pocket and say, God, you can have it. It's not little, it's not much, but it's yours. So we trusted God, and here's what God did. He multiplied our volunteers, multiplied our parking, space, supplies, time, finances, energy, power, people, impact. In 2018, we had nine salvations. Give God praise for that. It doesn't matter. It could, be, it could be half of one conversion, and the angels are singing, hello, but there were nine in 2018. Can I give you a little data? In 2019, we have already had 26 salvations in this church. That's one person away from not multiplying, but tripling. God is good. Praise be to God. Let's talk about rededications, which we didn't even measure in 2018. We had two dedications, Josh Windler and Rose Beach, and we had another one today in the first service. So we've already moved to three rededications this year in 2019. Baptisms, we had 10 in 2018. We've already done 11 with another two or three on the ticket for 2019. Attendance, our average attendance in 2018 was 100 on the dot. The third quarter of it, we're not done. God's not done multiplying, but so far in the third quarter of 2019, it's 200 on the dot. God is the only one who can work those numbers out. In family membership, in 2018, we averaged right around 50. In 2019, we have a class tonight, but we're right under 100 family members. God is multiplying. He's actually proving himself to be true. What did you expect? What did you expect? Growing together is a natural result of gathering together. God is taking our hot pocket and he is performing a miracle in Irmo. He's taking your Lunchable and he's feeding 15,000 people with it. He's the only one who can do that. It doesn't matter what's in your hand. It matters whose hands you put it into. And this is what I believe and will be done. God is not done. There's still time for hearts to change, for mountains to move, for walls to come down, for light to break through. We're still multiplying, but he wants your hot pocket. He wants to perform a multiplying miracle, just like he did with the little boy in John 6. He's not going to force himself on you, but if you're here and you say, I don't have much, but what I have, I'll offer it to God. I will display a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith, and I'll watch God move. I'm willing to take that step. 
whether it's getting baptized or becoming a family member or committing to giving to the local church or committing to serve, whatever the Holy Spirit is pressing into your heart this morning, he will take it and he'll do a miracle in your life beyond your imagination. He will do it. Here's the bottom line. We're starting a three-week Christmas revival next week. It's called Heaven Touching Earth, and we're going to introduce the Holy Spirit back into the Christmas season. You know, when, when the church thinks about the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but my mind goes to Pentecost, which is wonderful because that's when we have the visual imagery of the fire falling on the disciples, and then they go out and plant the local church. But Christmas... Don't miss the Holy Spirit at Christmas. Who impregnated Mary? The Holy Spirit. Who came in the heavenlies and told the shepherds and the angels, or told the shepherds, the angels, along with the news from the Holy Spirit? Who convinced Joseph not to put Mary away? The The Holy Spirit is all over Christmas, all over the stories of Christmas. And we're taking that chance to bring good old fashioned revival to this church. Everybody needs revival. I need revival. So I want to encourage you to come with a humble yet hungry attitude the next three weeks. I want you to be expectant for God to work in your life. I want you to be ready to watch him move in the next three weeks in your life. I don't know these three speakers that well, but I know the God they serve. I know the God they preach about. And he can work a miracle in your life. We're not done multiplying yet. I firmly believe just as, just as sure as I'm standing here, like I was sure in January of 2019, that there are still more decisions to be made. There's more salvations to be added. There's more rededications and more baptisms that we're going to add this year in 2019. God is not done multiplying. We are still working and he is still moving. He's out of the grave. He's alive. He's sitting on his throne. He's not phased by anything going on in this world. The fires, the politics, the the whatever. He is on the throne. He is in control and he is still using his church, the bride of Christ. And he is performing miracles. He's changing lives and he's going to do it in Irmo. And he's got work to do in December. He's still got work to do the last week in November. If you'll let him, if you'll offer up your hot pocket, if you'll give him your Lunchable. So where you at? What did you expect? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I want you to stand to your feet right now if you're waiting on God to multiply and move in your life still in 2019. Amen. Give God a shout of praise. He is still working in our midst. He's still working in our midst. Those those torches that we saw in the video, what we want to do is keep those fires stirring this morning. We want to reignite the passion. We want to reignite the fire that you had in January. We want to keep those fires burning bright in December. We want to keep those fires burning bright as we head into revival and we watch God change our hearts. It's going to take humility. Impulsive Andrew had, him, had the humility to bring up what he thought was a stupid idea to God. And God said, that's just what I was looking for. That's just what I was waiting on. Watch me work. So stay humble, guys. Stay hungry. Let's move into revival season. Ready.
expectant. In fact, why don't we just start revival today? Why don't we just start it today? How about let's pray? How about let's get on our faces? How about let's seek God and welcome him? How about let's ask him to be here in our midst and watch him multiply? Let's pray. Jesus, multiply is your word. It's a Bible word. It's what you do in our hearts when we give them to you. It's what you can do with our talents when we give them to you. It's what you can do with our time when we give it to you. It's what you do with our finances when we give them to you. I'm not a name it and claim it preacher, but if there was ever a moment to claim your multiplication miracles on our lives, it's right now, it's today, it's here. May your spirit move. May your spirit work in our midst, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know what God is pressing into your spirit this morning, but I feel an invitation coming on strong. If there's somebody here today who says, I'm, I heard what you said. I heard the scriptures this morning. I saw what Jesus did with that little boy's lunch. And I may not have much, whether it's time, talents, resources, money, but I'm raising my hand because I believe God can multiply it. Just shoot up your hand. Just shoot up your hand right where you are. Say, I may not have much, but I'm gonna give my hot pocket to God. I've been hanging on to my Lunchable so long and it's still a launchable. How about that? But if I give it to God, if I watch him multiply it, what, what do I expect? What did you expect to happen? Let's watch God feed 5,000 people. God, I pray for these this morning that raise their hands, indicating a step of faith in their spiritual walk. They say they're going to give it to you. What little they have, they want you to make it much. God, they want you to be significant in their insignificance. They want you to be the super to their natural. They want you to be the outnumber to their odds. Jesus, only you can do it. Only you can do it. Would you move in a moment this morning? May somebody be able to write down November 24th, 2019. That's when things changed for me. That's when I committed to giving. That's when I committed to serve and volunteer in church. That's when I committed to use my talents for the Lord's glory. God, we're asking you to show up. We're asking, we're on our faces this morning. We're asking you to be here. Would you move as only you can? And I can only imagine what in the world you could do. Can't even imagine what you could do with the little that we have. Would you prove faithful once again? God, we're going to test you in this. We're going to put you to the test and see if you prove faithful. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.